Viewer discretion is advised. Your fave will be criticized. That's Chan. That's Chris. And welcome to CCTV, the nonstop pop show. And we are celebrating the 25th anniversary of Janet Jackson's The Velvet Rose. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you're wondering who we are, Shan and I have a huge range of experience in the music industry from performing on stage to working at record labels. So we have a lot of insight into the crazy music industry. And you can now hang out with us on Patreon. You can join us at patreon.com slash Pops. And a big shout out to our amazing crew members, Lisette, Lily, and Emily. Yay! Hi! <laughs> Love our CCTV crew. <laughs> All right. So here we are mm. talking about Shannon. We've been, we've been trying to talk about her for a minute now. We have. So mm-hmm. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll let you kick us off. How do you feel about Janet? How does she make you feel? We've spoken about her in our um, Black Women in Pop episode, yes. which y'all should definitely check out. Um, but yes, let's go a little bit yes. more in depth. I'm so excited <laughs> to get into yeah. an iconic album today. I, I can't, this is just the start. I'm excited to do like all the albums. I want to do a 101. She's had such an interesting career and it's just, she's yes. just amazing. Um, yeah. And yeah, I still very often watch random music videos, watch random performances. Yeah. You know, it just never gets old. She's still up there as just one of the best performers of in pop ever. Um, oh, heck and yes. no one heck has yes. matched that <laughs> at all, really, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm yeah. very excited to dive into this album. How about you? Yes, I agree. I mean, listen, a lot of people don't know this, but I went to Global Citizen a couple of years ago and um, I almost died for her. There was a stampede mm. and my friend was ready to go. And I was like, no, but... But Janet, she's still there. We didn't get a chance to see her. Yeah. So even after that stampede, I refused to leave Central Park just to see her because I have never seen her before in my life. Oh. And I usually cite her as like an influence in a lot of my everything. Mm. Uh, she's, yeah, I just, even the way I move sometimes, I'm like, oh, that's Janet. That's Janet. Um, But yeah, I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm a huge fan. Uh, I, I, again, I feel like I could be a better fan, but it's always nice to listen to albums like this again and at this age now to actually appreciate what's being said as opposed to like, you know, I'm looking out for the party, looking at yes. body and not knowing what it is and now you're old and you're like, oh, she's talking about a man's package. But with this album, TBR, I mean, she's talking about a lot of stuff that I feel myself going through now or something I went through before that I've come to terms with. And I'm like, holy crap, mm. this is this is impressive. I mean, for a pop artist to even talk about this kind of thing mm-hmm. at that time, I'm ready to talk about it. So let's get into that. Let's go behind The Velvet Rope. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So The Velvet Rope was released October 7th, 1997. So we are celebrating its 25th anniversary and she just released a new deluxe version as well which is awesome um and the entire project was co-written and co-produced by miss jackson along with longtime collaborators jimmy jam and terry lewis and her then husband renee elizondo jr so at the time janet had serious depression and the album reflected on her introspection and growth 
and the velvet rope was titled as a metaphor for the emotional barricade preventing others from revealing their innermost thoughts in a comparison mm. to the velvet rope used at film premieres, award shows, and even clubs, which prohibit access from spectators. And the velvet mm. rope also alludes to a person's need to feel special and the need for a sense of belonging. So the album hit number one on the Billboard 200, as well as in many countries all over the world. It continues to be referenced as one of the most influential albums of all time. We will now go track by track and discuss the production of vocals and lyrics and give our ratings for each song. To get us started with The Velvet Rope, we have the interlude, Twisted Elegance. Mm. Uh, yes, this one is, uh, it's full of her... I don't want to say her poem, but, you know, basically the, the the thesis of this album of wanting to feel special. I mean, we even have that K-pop song, Feel Special, by Twice, <laughs> which is one of my favorite songs. But the meaning of it is is time-tested, time and it's very true. Um, this kind of intro is special. I mean, in the 90s, in, interludes ruled in the 90s, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, but, yeah, in the 90s, in this Black community, in pop music, in the industry, to have someone say, I want to feel special because we all do, is really impressive, especially with someone who was at where she was in her life, right? You had all these, what, three good albums, um, and then you're, like, seen as a sex symbol. You're seen so happy. You're seen as this amazing woman. You're part of this dynasty of a family. And for you to take six months to make an album right after get inking this, what, 80 million? We don't know the amount, but people say it's 80 million. Yeah, 80 yeah. million dollar virgin and it's a lot. And then for her to say, hey, I took six months because I was struggling. Hi, here's my album. It's impressive. So, um, yeah, what do you think about this twisted elegance? Yeah, it's cool. You know, I think as a kid, I never fully appreciated mm. interludes and intros and things like that. <laughs> um, but with this album, it does a really good job of setting it up because it does the way it's it's done with the distorted radio sounds and that kind of little jazzy backing track mm. in the background and everything it mm -hmm. does kind of feel like you're sitting in a very intimate space with her as she's talking mm -hmm. and, and so the way they kind of set it up was really well done and i appreciate especially now where kind of people aren't doing these concept albums like this anymore yeah. um where there's a very clear reason for the sequencing a very clear um mm -hmm. just idea behind these interludes and their purpose uh, yes. So I, I definitely appreciate that. So and yeah, I appreciate that she also didn't use any crazy metaphors or anything here. It was very clear. <laughs> yeah. Just like this is what I need to talk about right now. All right. So let's get into the actual first song on the album. Track number two, which is the title track Velvet Rope featuring Vanessa May. And this one was done by Terry Lewis, Jimmy Jam, Janet Jackson, Renee Elizondo Jr. And of course, it did sample Hobo Scratch by Malcolm McLaren and Tubular Bells Part 1 by Mike Oldfield. So they are also credited along with Trevor Horn as well. So this track is about the barriers that we all put up, our own velvet ropes, if you will. And this velvet mm -hmm. rope not only keeps people out, but it also prevents us from getting to know ourselves. So what do you think of Velvet Rope? Ah, uh, you know what? If I had to name an album after some ropes, I'd call it Shibari Ropes. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> I'm, jo I'm joking. Totally joking. Um, I mean, this song, of course, opened up her tour. Uh, and it's interesting to see, like, her audiovisual creation. Because, like, 
there's a giant book and then it opens up into the LED screens and then she it, it parts and she descends mm-hmm. a little pop princess. Um, and it's like an opportunity to peer into her mind past the whole like anytime girl, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, the song is an intro and outrospective one for sure. Um, because we like, like I said, we all feel the need to feel special um, or at least we feel as if if we can contribute to others or like our workplace and things like that, we'll feel good. I mean, we all want to feel some type of be needed in some kind of way. Um, it's innate and it's natural. And I like the way it sounds. I mean, it's so uh, not whimsical. I think her vocal is what makes it feel light and airy, almost like a, a fantastic place, a fantasy of sorts. Mm. Uh, the production does a wonderful do- job of illustrating the inner th- the inner thoughts and the meaning of the lyrics. Um, there's mystery behind someone's thoughts, right? And you can kind of hear that, but there's also some distortion the deeper you go in because you realize it's not all sunshine and rainbows or some dark shadows in there. And I think Vanessa May's uh, violin solo definitely illustrates that because it's very beautiful, but then it starts to get very uh, almost frantic. It gets uh, a little jagged and some of the the it just sounds really scary at certain points yeah um and then i think that really helps the person mentally get attached to what's happening what she's saying it's not just all pretty things where it's like oh velvet rope oh my god i get to see what's inside of janet's brain it's probably so nasty it's like it's nasty but not in the way you think it is Mm -hmm. um it could be lovely but also dangerous and you might not like it but that's what the music did and that's what the song was about and I, i appreciated it and the lyrics, I think, are great. Like when she says, you oppressing me oppresses you. And it's true. You know, I was like, oh, wow, there's a lot of like dope lyrics in this song. Mm-hmm. And I think that one stood out to me the most because you abandon your judgment and embrace love. Because if you sit there and, you know, misery loves company. And uh, if you put that out there, you're, you're only hurting yourself. So I, I like that. I, I really did enjoy that for sure. Yeah, I think this is just a perfect intro track. I, I think, again, going back to what I said before, where it feels like a full project, right? This isn't meant to be a single. It's not meant, to, you know, it's not meant to be this like big hit for her. It, the purpose is to just kind of set up the project. And it does create, again, this very kind of like she talks about introspection and how that's the whole point of this album. And it feels that way, like the way they produced it. It does have that kind of dreaminess that you just kind of mentioned. And it kind of helps with mm-hmm. all of that. Um, and I like that there's there's a melancholy to it. There's like still also there's darkness but then there is some kind of positive um vibe to it too so i don't know it just makes a really mm-hmm. cool balance overall um yeah and yeah the vanessa may breakdown is so weird uh i definitely isn't <laughs> something that i fully appreciated i think the first few times that i heard it it just kind of felt a bit mm-hmm. jarring but now i realize that's kind of the point right it's mm-hmm. not supposed to be a really beautiful moment it's supposed <laughs> to be this kind of like scratchy kind of like out there kind of situation um so yeah i think the whole thing is just really cool it just builds really nicely and it never fully i like that the tension almost stays the same throughout the whole thing and there's no real climax to it i think that's the point because it Mm -hmm. is like an intro so Mm -hmm. yeah totally works love it all right so what would you rate this song would you rate it i will give it an eight how about you (laughs) <laughs> Same. <laughs> Go to eight. <laughs> Up next is You, done by Jimmy Jam, Janet, Papa D. Allen, Charles, Charles Miller, Harold Brown, Lee Oscar, Terry Lewis, Renee Elizondo Jr., Lonnie Jordan, Howard Scott, and B.B. Dickerson. And this song features samples from the Cisco Kid by the band (laughs) and it is actually the fifth single from the album which is interesting and the song is about an 
inner battle with oneself, well, Janet's self. The you is herself, and she is singing to herself as her own conscious, unhappy with her life, noting that she is the only one that can change things for herself. Mm -hmm. And this single did actually feature a music video, and it was filmed while Janet was on tour at the um, SCCC Arena in Glasgow, Scotland. Mm -hmm. Oh, boy. This one is um, interesting. What do you think about this track? Yeah, it's interesting. I think... The first time or the first few times I heard it, I thought it was Michael, you know, mm -hmm. like if you're mm -hmm. outside of the context of this album, it sounds like Michael, which is great. I mean, they yeah. obviously are very sonically similar and vocally similar at times, but this one's like very jarring. And especially because it mentions a mirror too, you know, mm -hmm. so I, I, I was looking up interviews and stuff and she was asked whether he's on the vocals or if the song is about him. And it was like all this. Yeah. She's like, no, there's nothing to do with him. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's interesting. I like the production of it. I'm going to be honest, mm -hmm. though, I don't love that low vocal fry that she uses for the verses. Yeah, it's not very pleasant to me, um, but I like the way the chorus is layered. And I like that the whole point is to use all these different vocal tones to really kind mm -hmm. of show the different layers of her conscience speaking to herself. Because mm -hmm. they're all saying mm -hmm. kind of different things, um, which is mm -hmm. interesting. So I like the idea of that, but the execution of yeah. the vocal fry is not for me. Um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i think um though the production kind of stays the same the whole time they do constantly add more backing vocals or some interesting mm -hmm. layering and the structure keeps it interesting as well so i appreciate that um and i definitely had no idea that she was spelling conscience backwards until i looked up the lyrics i don't think i ever had any idea what Boy. she was saying there <laughs> Boy, this is why those albums you used to buy the album you used to flip through the pages yes. like, okay what's the lyrics that's what that's for because i didn't know either i was sitting there like e c n i was like girl what <laughs> Okay, so this song for me, I think is interesting because War as a band was psychedelic and really funky. So the song became this trip hop situation that mm. was really pretty cool. And and it was, I guess, taking, uh, taking, I guess starting its little footing in the 90s. I guess I don't, I got to do research on when it started. But I think the sampling used in it utilizes um, Morris Dickerson's bass line. And it gave the song a really tough edge. Yes. I think it makes it sound really cool. Rest in peace to him. He died a little I think he died last year, actually. Mm. Um, but yeah, as I was saying about the tough edge, the song, as you mentioned, is introspective and sometimes Giving oneself like tough love is hard to do. Um, and considering the childhood she's had and the trauma she's faced for so many years at that time, her willingness to move past and in a sense unlearn that helplessness via this song and like working through it delivered in such a cool way like, with this song. I think it was really well done to say like, hey, you got to mean what you say. You got to say what you mean. Mm -hmm. If you're going to do this, who are you trying to impress? I think the lyrics are perfect. You know, how do you learn to survive in your fictitious world? And what they think of you determines your worth. I think a lot of us deal with that, especially oh, artists, yeah. because our jobs are very subjectively, like, based. Like, we have to get the opinions of other people. But, yeah, I appreciate it. It's kind of like the picture of Dorian Gray, in a sense, where the portrait is speaking to Dorian. It's like, hey, you, you have such an evil spirit. You have a bad spirit, and it's because you're letting other people affect you. Um, the song is definitely therapeutic, and I think the tour is definitely driven by this concept. Um, and the moving, the, the the thought of moving forward in the future after understanding your past, which is represented by her wrist tattoo, mm. uh, that official logo of the velvet rope, which is the icon symbol of the San Kofa, meaning the exact same thing. So, yeah, I think this is one of those good ones. Yes. Uh, um, and I <laughs> yeah, did appreciate right? the music video. I just rewatched the Velvet yeah. Rope tour uh, a couple days Yay! ago, obviously, in preparation <laughs> for this. And of course, like, I just always want to watch Janet 
concerts. But it's such a good show. So I'm glad this kind of got this moment. But I do have to say, like, this is one of those songs that has such a strong concept. I love the two-sided masks that the dancers wear that I do wish it had a proper video. You know, I think she could have done some really cool things using mirrors, using masks, using different things, like representing the different layers of the conscious. I think could have been so cool. So while I love the tour video and this tour was great, it makes me a little sad that it was for this song because I feel like it could have been something really cool conceptually. But yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's a shame. Okay, I would give this song a 8.5. Okay, I'm actually going to do a 7.5. And while that sounds okay. low, it's not. Um, it's just this album's so good that it's just, you know, in relation. I know, it was so hard. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. I actually like the vocal fry, though. I'm not going to hold you. Okay. I liked it. But yeah, <laughs> I like the idea of it. All right, let's move on to Got Till It's Gone, which features Joni Mitchell and Q-Tip. And it was done by mm. Janet Jackson, Q-Tip, Joni Mitchell, Renee Elizondo Jr., Michael Quessy Graves, Jimmy Jam, Terry Lewis, and Desiree. And this has samples of Big Yellow Taxi by Joni Mitchell and Feel So High by Desiree. And the fir- and it was the first single from the album and its music video won the Grammy for Best Music Video Short Form. <laughs> and this song is about appreciating what you have while you have it. You should not take anything for granted. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did mention those samples, but actually there was some controversy at the time because mm. um, Jay Dilla and Q-Tip, who, they, who are collectively known as the Uma, I don't know if that's how you say that, mm-hmm. Uma? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they felt that they should have been credited as the producers instead of Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, and they actually released huh? a revenge mix that reflected their original version, which was very similar to the final version. I mean... um, also, Desiree was not initially credited either, and she actually sued Janet for the similarities between the verses of this track and the chorus of Feel So High, which if you do listen to it, they are very similar, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so this music video concept was Janet as a lounge, a lounge singer during the apartheid in South Africa. Janet and her, produ- her producers always know how to take a sample and flip it for sure. Okay, for sure. Um, and it's, again, it's super crazy that you listen to songs like this or even if. And then read the liner no- notes and then hear people criticize Beyonce. I'm, I'm, I'll get off that in a second. But, like, it's just in the sense of, like, sampling. It's normal to do. Um, I think this is the first time it's been so blatantly used as a chorus, though. Like, before, you can kind of be like, wait, is that a good song? Is that Janet? Oh, it actually features this song and that song. This one is very obviously Joni Mitchell. Yeah. Um, which I appreciate because it's, it's, you know... Sometimes it's not, it's like a hit or miss thing if you use a sample. That's the actual, the chorus, not your own voice. Um, also, also, first, R.I.P. J. Dilla. Uh, it's, it is really frustrating to have your demo or version of a song, like, not be used, but be inspired. Um, Jimmy Jam did do an interview, though, where he did mention J. Dilla's styling and him recreating it, like, i.e. the drunk bass line that J. Dilla is known for in his drum patterns. Mm-hmm. Um, like, Jay had a distinct style that he developed using his MPC. So to have someone redo your your work and then not give you enough credit is super whack so i understand that release i understand that revenge release um anyway uh joni uh said that the song that she wrote was based on the commercialization of hawaii and like you know just things deteriorating so janet's version is interesting for sure it's relatable and honest and she kind of has that sense going on too like yeah it's like she lost a love but it can be for a number of things mm-hmm. your lost childhood you don't know what you had until it's gone a lover uh just a lifestyle anything you just 
don't take anything for granted, like Chris said, for sure. Um, I'm not going to lie, though. I also, Q-Tip sounds cool on it, but I just hate that he goes, Joni Mitchell never lies. I don't. I don't need you to say that. Oh, I don't actually mind that. (laughs) Mm, I'm like, oh, listen, I love Tribe. I love Chocolate Quest. I do. But I didn't didn't care for it. Um, Honestly, I'm sorry. And I've got to say one more thing. Janet's connection to soft rock white ladies is unmatched. I mean, even her using Carly Simon for Son of a Gun was fun. Like, it's just like, oh, I didn't think about that. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's it just calls back to what her influences were. She was introduced. I think Randy showed her Joni Mitchell. Mm. So for her to be like, oh, yeah, like years later, can we put this in a song and then have it be like this? Joni loved it. Everyone loved it. And it turned into this. I liked it. It was really cool. It feels like Neil Soul, which is great for someone who did like a lot of pop R&B. She mm-hmm. slipped right in so nicely. Uh, what, what do you feel about Got Till It's Gone? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be honest. This isn't my favorite Janet single. Mm. Um, I think mm. I, I this is kind of another one where I kind of appreciate it for what it is, but it's not like one of my faves at all. Um, uh. So good for her that it was such a big hit, but I think among her discography, it doesn't really stand out for me, actually. And I think part of that right. is because there's no real chorus or the chorus is that like loop of Joni. Mm. And so that mm-hmm. it just never fully like takes it to like a, with a place where I want it to go, I guess. Um, right, I right. actually do like Q-tips and moments, though. I like the whole time Janet is saying about this person that got away, right? But she's doing it in quite mm-hmm. a calm way. And the Q-tip mm-hmm. comes in and is just like clearly just annoyed by it all. <laughs> you know? so I think that I kind of like that dynamic. I think that makes it really fun and that does elevate the song. Um, and mm-hmm. I, appreci- I appreciate the simplicity of the production. Um, I think there are the record scratches become a little much after a while, though, because it's just like a lot of them and they just happen like all the time. Um, but I like how forward the drums are um, and I like these little extended keyboard moments in there as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, not my favorite, but um, I think it is nice to have this kind of chill moment, um, especially yeah. because we're about to get, you know, a little darker, and a little more introspective. So to have yeah. this kind of does add a lot of dynamic to the project. Um, but what mm-hmm. did you think of the music video? Oh, the music video is uh, is one of those, it just reminds me of like a, a Lauren Hill music video because the way it's colored yes. and like the, n- not the sweatiness of it, but it just feels more real as opposed to like we all have matte faces. Like it just feels more real, like they're actually naturally there. Um, Everything felt really cute, not cute, but like certain things, I'm going to keep saying natural. It just felt very organic. Um, Even like this one part where a guy's like, you know, on against the wall, he's like trying to reach for a girl's butt and she slaps his hand away. So it all feels like a normal thing happening, like almost like an oasis away from the drama that's happening, like the surrounding drama. They're they're in the periphery of the drama of the video, which I appreciate. And again, it's like one of those things where if you're watching it, you're like, huh, I don't, this meaning, what is it? Oh, I know this song. But then you're like, what's this video? Okay. And it's so subtle that you wouldn't notice. Yes. I think I love how subtle it is. I think, Mm -hmm. first off, obviously Janet has been very consistent with her messaging regarding freedom and rebelling against discrimination and unity and kind of all these things so even though she's referencing this very difficult time that was happening um it showcases joy and it showcases uh yeah Mm -hmm. it's not a preachy video all right so what do you rate this one i too am like you uh this one doesn't stand out to me in the sense of discography like it's good for the vibes and such uh but yeah i'll give it a 7.5 because i just it just it doesn't do anything for me really Yes, I will. It's not bad. I will get a. I will give a seven. <laughs> then we have an interlude to break up the. Uh, I guess the the introspection essentially, <laughs> and it's called speakerphone, and it's actually a conversation that Janet was having with her then 
sister-in-law, Lisa Marie Presley. I, I'm not going to lie to you. When I heard Lisa, I'm like, this is a black woman? It just didn't sound like her. Mm-hmm. Um, this one's interesting for sure. I mean, of course, there's I Get Lonely. Cool, cool. But just the talking bits are fun. And also, it sounds risky. I mean, she's over here, you know, diddling the Skittle, <laughs> doing a DJ set in Ibiza, and her friend's on the phone, you know, or what people were speculating. <laughs> people were speculating that it was like a, a lesbian thing, you know, or a, what's the word for it? What's that new age word that people are using for lesbian? But people, you know, I mean, she clarified it. She was like, no, but there are people who may have this conversation with a lover and it's not a huge deal. But I think she was just talking to her friends because even in um, You Want This, the music video, she threw panties at her friend's face and like, it was just. Yeah, I thought like she was just getting natural. interrupted as she was, you know, helping herself Did she out. Call her friend? Oh, right. Hello. <laughs> so the next track is My Need, which was done by Marilyn McLeod, Janet Jackson, Jimmy Jam, Terry Lewis, Nicholas Ashford, Valerie Simpson, Pam Sawyer, and Renee Elizondo Jr. And this mm-hmm. has samples of You're All I Need to Get By by Marvin Gaye and Tammy Terrell and Love Hangover by Diana Ross. And this song mm-hmm. is all about obsession. The obsession with pleasing yourself through attention, through sex, through everything. I saw like on an MTV special, this was one of the songs that made people uncomfortable, <laughs> which is crazy because, I mean, the release of Janet period was chock full of nastiness. Like, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I like how she's like saying how much she needs this guy with all these com- po- poetic comparisons. Uh, but then she's like, but let's not make any promises. Like, <laughs> super liberated. It's just like, I, I need this very badly. Like, I need you to itch this scratch, but understand, I don't need you to be here after it's done. Like, do what you need to do mm-hmm. and get step in. Uh, in so many ways. In so many ways. That or, like, I'm not trying to get attached to you. It's just one of those things where I'm like, hmm, I'm hungry. I think I'll have a snack. Like, that's what it's giving. Um, I think the rim taps of the song uh, are really cool. It kind of drives the song for me and it makes it more hip-hop-y for me. Um, I think... Again, this is very classic Janet. So I think this uh, was a nice segue or like a nice little like track to have before things get a little bit darker and deeper as it goes on. But this is classic Janet. Mm -hmm. Um, And I like the interpolation of the, you're all I need. Yeah. You know, so instantly you're already catching on to the song and the sonics of it. uh, So you can appreciate a little bit more. I like the flip for sure. Um, but yeah, I think this is a, a nice chill record to have. Again, it's safe, Janet, on on this album. I would say it's very safe for her. Uh, doesn't yeah. for me it doesn't compare to Janet Period, like the other like B sides on Janet Period or yeah, like yeah. the singles. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, I agree. It it doesn't really add anything new to her discography, but it is her doing uh-huh. what she does well, right? Um, yeah. So it's yeah. not a bad song at all. Yeah. Um, I would say I really enjoy the production in this. I think the constant cymbal mm-hmm. hits give it an interesting drive that kind of carries it mm-hmm. through the song. And there's just a yeah. good balance. There's a great bass line. I like the little guitar riffs that come in. Um, and I actually think the moans in the back add a lot of dimension yes. as well. Um, I do like yeah. that the lyrics are desperate, but then the way she's singing it, where it's kind of in her mix and her head voice, there is still just an yeah. overall chillness to how she sings. So then it doesn't sound yes. quite as desperate as if you were just reading the lyrics so that it, it balances it well there, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't say, yeah, this isn't like a huge standout for me um, mm-hmm. on this album or across discography, but it's not a bad song. Um, and I like the Marvin Gaye sample. I got a seven for this one. I might go a little bit lower, but actually... I, the song is decent. But I'll give it a seven. Like it's just right there in the middle. Okay, we're, I'm gonna stick to the trend of giving point five lower than you. So I'll I'll give a six point five. <laughs> 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Listen, y'all, we only on tr- uh, what, track six. You better fasten your seatbelts like this next interlude featuring Janet and her buddies, which is typical of her, you know, to have her friends featured on the album, which I appreciate. And this one's fun because it goes right into the next song. Go Deep was done by Jen Jackson, Terry Lewis, Jimmy Jam, and Renee Elizondo Jr. And it has samples mm-hmm. of One Nation, Under a Groove by Funkadelic, and I Can't Dance by Genesis. And this was mm-hmm. the fourth single from the album. And Janet has stated that dancing is therapy. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just need to forget about your worries and dance them away at a club with your friends. Uh, and this does have a music video where a teenage boy has a daydream about Janet hosting a party in his house while his parents were out. What do you think? Uh, go deep. Okay. So when I was younger, I danced to One Nation back in the day. And it was such a strange song. Um, and the dance was made even stranger. Like we were all subjected to wearing like these alien-esque bodysuits and like quirky jazz mo- movements and stuff like that. And like hearing this song with this interpolation and the sample sorry that inf- Ooh, hang on one word with this sample really brought the coolness back to me because at first i was like oh god um the production is really deep it is deep okay and the way they mixed it was really done well there are voices in this song that are mixed toward the back and it's her dancers and slash friends you can hear them talking mm-hmm. you have to isolate the vocals and really kind of raise some frequencies and lower some x y and z's but you can hear them i mean she's always been close to them and the song featured them like most like how most of her videos do anyway um and the song was about having a good time and getting down with her boo Ren- renee i mean she had a little part there that was nice you know what I'm saying? She's mm-hmm. talking about Renee, and then the second verse, she's talking about getting it from the back. I mean, the song isn't explicitly about smexy time as much as it's like about a, a typical night with your homies, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, there's a cool groove with this song. Like, there's like this weird bottle sound that sound, makes things sound kind of like tipsy. It goes, bing, bing, bing. I sound stupid, as I usually do when I try to recreate auxiliary sounds. But yeah, I like that. And um, I think... When you watch the tour, you see Tina Landon's choreo for this. It's like so cool and it's chill and some leans. Yes. yes, exactly, exactly. That's what makes it so much fun because then you're like, oh, there we go. Think about the movement. Think about the video. Think about Janet with her big bangs. Uh, she looked adorable. Um, and this video, super random fact, features a, an actor, uh, Ty Hodges from the Disney movie, Don't Look Under the Bed. Yes. So every time I look at the, <laughs> look at him, I see this bit. I see him and, under, you know, the boogeyman. Um, but I think it's cute how this this video has the best stuff from the 90s. You know, the house party, the hot girl at the party, the pool scene. The only difference is the kid is actually being responsible and trying to clean up the mess <laughs> as it's happening. I love that. I think it's so cute. I think the song is really cool. And like, I just, I want friends to do this with. I mean, I do have it, but like, I haven't been out in a while. So I want to go out with them again. <laughs> yeah, I haven't been to a house party in a while. That, that's the thing. Yeah, that's hey. been a minute for sure. Um, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, the video, I agree. I appreciate that she didn't go with a typical club video because I think that would be yeah. the initial, you know, not mm-hmm. creative concept that people would probably mm-hmm. pitch. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate that this one's a little sillier. 
The song mm-hmm. itself, I love how funky the production is. There's something really fun percussion throughout it. And the melody has a really nice groove to it. And yeah, there's just a general coolness to it. It's not a super quick BPM like a lot of dance tracks yeah. are, right? Um, yeah. So it's, it's kind of one that you can like bop your head to where you can like bend your you have time to bend your knees a little more to get into it a little more um and i love the way the chorus transitions at the end with the backing track fading Mm -hmm. and like then her friends or the background singers whoever they are chanting the chorus you know like it calls for a sing-along moment um and that just keeps it really fun so yeah this one's a really really good one i will actually give this one an an a two Ooh, I'll give it an eight. I'll give it an eight. That was very Wait, um, Dory. Uh, <laughs> doing the whale voices. Um, I'm thinking, I really like this one. I will give it a nine. Uh, the next song on the album is Free Zone, done by Archie Bell, James Brown, Renee, Terry, Jimmy, and Janet. It samples Think About It by Lynn Collins, Joyous by Pleasure, Don't You Worry About a Thing by oh, Stevie Wonder, tightened up by Archie Bell's and the Drills, and inspired by the rampant homophobia and discrimination against the LGBTQ plus community. And this song is about living in a free zone, a place where you can accept yourself and are accepted by others i'm trying to live in this zone you know because in my mind i live there but apparently that's not what the world really is like and it's no not good. unfortunately the world <laughs> has not changed in the past 25 years well no uh, i mean i would say it's changed it has gotten better but it's not as yeah. as good as she probably hoped it would be by now right. um right. but yeah the production of this one is super fun um it definitely feels like a club record um that you'd listen to like later on in the night, you know, when mm-hmm. everyone's a little more drunk and everything. Um, Cause it, it's <laughs> not really a, a classic song. Like the, mm-hmm. it has those kind of random spoken bits. The chorus is very minimal. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, that's interesting. Um, there are also a lot of elements that are purely on the left or on the right. If you're listening with headphones, which is fun. Yeah. But yeah. I think it's interesting how the intro starts off mellow to kind of match the end of that first verse, but that it really kicks in and it kind of just consistently goes up and down throughout the whole song, right? So, yeah, just a, <laughs> just a weird song. Um, yes. But, you know, I appreciate it. It does make you want to, like... It makes you want to dance, but I feel like in a certain way. Like, I feel like I don't like want to... explode. Yeah, it makes you... Yeah, yeah. Um, so I yeah. appreciate that. That's what they're going for. And it sounds like it was mm-hmm. really fun to make. I think the 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 the, 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 the wind downs, the... Like, I, I know these songs. My dad used to play all these, like, things. I'm like, oh, shoot, I know this one. This is the first time in a while when I heard this album. I was like, I can identify some of these samples on Google. This is great. This sounds like a B-boy song. It sounds like a DJ went off and was like, here's a mix right now. And then we got, like, a what? I forgot how long the song is, but it, it, we got that. Um, it's nice to hear her on it. But, again, she seems like a featured artist on this. Not in yes. a bad way. It's cool. Um, and it reminds me of how um, Jer- uh, Jerome Robbins had the – the, the jets and the sharks kind of like perform in um in West Side Story. Boom, bah, bah. Ooh, that's what it feels like. That kind of like ta, 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 ta. Um, it has a lot of high energy and it's conscious. So we love that. Okay. It won't make me think about my problems, it'll make me feel my problems and like, you know, help me figure it out, that kind of thing. Like it invites you to be who you like to be and rejects all that negative stuff. Um and I remember growing up with like my family a lot and a lot of them would mention like music like this, right? And they always talk about how our generation and like 
future generations don't know how to dispute in a healthy way. Like, granted, there was violence back then, but there was also lots of dancing, okay? And according to tons of Black boomers, they used to fight, yeah, like with their fists and whatnot, but they also used to dance it out with battles using their bodies. I mean, you can see that to to this day with, like, ballroom dance scenes, but, like, back in the day, it was, like, breaking out a club or, like, popping and locking with your crew and you dancing on the street. Mm -hmm. Like, whoever's the best crew, that's it. And you fight that way, you know? And this song kind of reminds me of that. Um, and it's like, this is civil disobedience with like an awesome soundtrack where it's like, fight the power, break. So yeah, I like the concept. I think that's what it's kind of giving. And it's also cathartic in a way too. Because a lot of people love to dance to release their energy and their stress. And this is yes, yeah, Yes. <laughs> um, so what do you rate this one? This one is an instrumental, so it's a little difficult, but I do like it. <laughs> um, so for me, I think it's going to sit at, for what it is, it's going to sit at an eight. Yeah, I'm going to go with a seven. Because, yeah, I, I don't think of it as a real song. It's almost like yeah. an extended interlude. And, like, yeah, I think what you said about her seeming like a featured artist is the perfect way to look at it. Because it's, yes, mm-hmm. it's just kind of there. All right, so moving on, we do have the interlude memory, which leads into mm-hmm. Together Again. But Do you have any thoughts on the interlude? Yeah yes oh my god i love this sentiment where she's like you know you have to like you you can remember something but like release the emotion attached to it and i recently said this to a friend and i've been saying it a lot lately um and it's not easy to detach emotions from events but it helps in the healing process which Mm -hmm. makes it easier to kind of celebrate the life that was lost or celebrate the love or celebrate whatever that is no longer with you and that's why i think there's like a really nice segue into the next track being together again which was done by Jimmy Jam, Terry Lewis, Renee, and Janet Jackson. And this was the second single from the album, and it's one of her most successful singles, and it's currently her most streamed track ever, for good reason. (laughs) And Janet was inspired musically by the song Runaway by New Yorican Soul, and the lyrics were inspired by a friend, a few friends actually, that had uh, passed away due to AIDS, as well as a letter she received from a friend, a fan, excuse me, who had lost his father. Uh, And Janet and the producers wanted the song to sound joyful. It's a celebration of those who've, who've passed and their spirits. And this actually has two music videos, um, one for the original track, which has Janet and her dancers in this uh, like neo-future African paradise with wild animals in the Serengeti, and another one for the deeper remix with Janet reflecting in an apartment with a butterfly. This is what I've remember Jan maybe my first experience with Janet was maybe this mm. song because I would have been yeah I would have been about seven years old so that's about right yeah. um I have very vivid memories actually of watching this music video um mm. it was on all the time and it's just so memorable with the animals and the colors and everything I loved Lion King yeah. right so it kind of just felt like a, a lot real life version of that um so yeah, yeah I think because of that the visual is very nostalgic to me um because mm. I can picture like parts of my house and stuff like wow this, like that's watching sick. this music video so that's interesting yeah um <laughs> but yeah i i love this song it's such a good song it really is one of those songs where you hear it and it makes you happy which is the yeah. point of it i don't i don't think i knew what this was about right as a kid right and so now i i really love how they approach this you know i think death is you know of course it's always a sad thing for everyone who who is around it but it's to have it be a joyful celebration instead is just so refreshing. Um, and mm-hmm. Janet, like we had mentioned previously, she has a very warm tone, very naturally. Um, so it fits mm-hmm. this idea so perfectly. Um, and I appreciate that they went in this house direction as well. 
Um, it could have been a very cheesy pop production if they tried to make it joyful. And instead, they still kept it quite cool with the house beats and the bass line and kept it all very grounded. Uh, So, Mm -hmm. yeah. What do you think? Uh, The song is is good. I mean, I'm... I don't remember it being something that I I heard in my childhood. I didn't really know this song until I watched like the All for You tour. Like I knew I saw like clips of her with her wired hair sticking up like tree branches, yeah. like the iconic hair, you know. That's what I knew, but I didn't know it was this song, right? And when I watched the All for You tour like years ago, and I saw her do this song with the the very whimsical, quirky stage design, and even for this tour, it was this quirky looking thing. I was like, what? the heck is happening i like the song well why is she dressed like a teletubby um but again that's how i got introduced to it like actually listening to it and appreciating it the song is an amalgamation of different genres and influences and it's it's a little not tough to hear but it's one of those things where they they've easter egged it a bit and it's not too obvious it's it's the subtle knobs to like uh, the four tops and some of the ad-libs like the uh there is some like uh, he- heavenly harps and like synth boxes in the beginning that make it sound like you're entering the gates essentially um and the house beat is, is house for sure but it's like also philly soul which is inspired by like, gamble and huff and i can't like really cite any songs that people would know but if you type in philly soul and gamble and huff it is this it's philly inspired soul for sure um Philly soul inspired, excuse me. Um, even the vocal styling of the harmonies are very Motown-esque. Like Diana Ross, I could hear her singing this. Yes. Totally hear it, right? And um, I think Jimmy and Terry mentioned um like using that as like not a reference, but that's something that they heard when they heard when they were creating this song. Uh it's an anthemic requiem for people who have moved on and for those who need reassurance that they could see a loved one again. Cause you know that that they're in a better place doesn't really feel great. You'll see them again. Mm. feels different it sounds different um and the choreo in this video is so much fun it's something really special i miss videos like this the styling the concept the thought behind it uh it's 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 beautiful i think it's it's nice to see her comforting herself which is interesting as opposed to like a sickly friend because Mm. when someone passes you're not thinking oh my god i'm so i feel so sorry for them you mostly feel sorry for yourself because you can't have that person anymore you can't you're not going to be with them anymore and it's not selfish to do that it's a very natural thing to do it's like oh what will i do without this person and so for her to comfort herself was really beautiful um it's perfect which is really confused which is why i'm really confused by the deeper version of this song um because it was unnecessary um (laughs) jimmy and dj premier jimmy jam and dj premier did a more hip-hop version that maintained the re the 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 meaning it was more quote-unquote urban but what was the deeper version what was it because i don't understand why the song became sexy with that video does she look good yeah, she looks delicious. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. The melody, they just turned it into this oh like depressing, drawling. Like, I was like, <laughs> oh, you're because I, I thought they would at least keep the chorus mel- medley or something, you know? Yeah. I thought they'd at least keep, <laughs> even if you sang it as a ballad, right? It works. So, like, I thought they'd keep the melody yeah. the same at least. Um, yeah. But instead, they just turned it into this like really generic, like RB baby track. making and yeah, yeah and <laughs> like yeah i i like the imagery of the cocoon and, and everything but yeah why is she like writhing around in bed singing the song like it just makes no sense with this song i'm gonna give it a big fat 10 honestly because i feel like for what it is and what it did and, and what it means it's all just perfect so 10 yes i agree it's perfect it is a 10 all right so now we have another interlude 
which features the sounds of dial-up internet, which I'm sure (laughs) kids have no idea what that sound is anymore. Um, But it's very familiar and nostalgic for anyone. I wonder, when did dial-up actually stop? Um, wow. Good like it went past into the 2000s, didn't it? For it sure. It did. It yeah, did. Broadband was definitely took a minute. Using LimeWire. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, we get some keyboard typing. Yeah, we get the computer yeah. sounds. And this all leads <laughs> into Empty. Empty was done by Renee, Terry, Jimmy, and Janet. And it's about a romantic connection made over the internet and the emptiness that it can come with. Mm. And this track is interesting because, again, the sounds of yesteryear just transitioned right into this one. And for all of the intricacies of this production, I must say this was not melodically (laughs) anything I could latch on to. It just... I, a part of me feels like who wrote this course? I blame I blame Renee. Something about this just doesn't feel. <laughs> I blame him because oh. something about this just doesn't feel like a Janet chorus. Doesn't feel like a Jimmy chorus. I mean, and if it is, I still blame Renee at this point. Damn. It's his fault. Damn. I'm sorry, Mister Elizondo. I'm sorry, Elizondo. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, it wasn't it for me. I mean, ugh. I like the meaning, like how someone present themselves versus who they are in person. If you person, if you ever get the chance, could be different. Uh, falling for a persona, be it a catfish or just falling in love with a fantasy of who someone is, right? Like people look at me on the internet and they think, oh yeah, she's like this. I'm like complete opposite, especially in dating. That's why I don't ever let guys have my social media because they think Chantel Nicole is what they're going to get. You know, they get a Shan and they're like, oh, that's it? I'm like, yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, so this is another one. First off, Way to go, Janet, for really being on the pulse because, yeah. first of all, I didn't yeah. know you could even have internet romances back in the late 90s. Yeah. Like, I didn't Match. know com. that was a thing. back All the way back then, though, I had no idea. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it'd be interesting for her to do a part two referencing, like, dating apps or something. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, production-wise, I, I agree. It's not my favorite. There's... The, the, like, clinky plunkiness of it. I can't think of a more <laughs> technical term for it, but I think you know what I mean, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Got you. yeah. Let me, let me it, do it. It's interesting, <laughs> and there definitely is, mm-hmm. like, a cyberness to it, which I, maybe is yes. what they were going for. Um, yes. But first off, what is that man yelling the numbers in the background? Oh, my that? God. What is Renee? I hate that. Is that Renee? Renee. I don't know. <laughs> um, I blame him. And yeah, I agree. Melodically, <laughs> it just doesn't really go anywhere. Like, the build throughout yeah. is nice. It does gain an intensity as the song continues. And yeah, I think she sounds really good. Like, the harmonies are really good. Again, she has that kind of balance of melancholy with sensuality, which fits the lyrics and fits the idea of it. So I like the way, again, it's another one where I appreciate it for what they were going for, but it just doesn't really do it for me. Because I think the yeah. way she wrote the chorus where it's like, oh, like when I see your face, like, oh, your like I feel I feel so bed. warm. But then also it's like I feel empty because it's not you're not you're behind a screen like i love the idea of that but so it makes me a little sad that just like as a song it's just not very good (laughs) this isn't for me i'm going to give it a five how about you (laughs) you know what yeah honestly this sounds like an illegal download from limewire and napster had a baby and then like was given (laughs) janet sentiment and that just doesn't and that leads right into another interlude called full so in this interlude she says how empty of me to be so full of you. And this leads into what about? Um, so I think that's an interesting transition because she goes from like feeling empty about not being with someone physically into a mm. into a song that then is very heavy and 
and mentions physical abuse and things. So just an interesting mm. way to kind of transition mm. kind of between the two extremes almost. Right, right. I I, I agree. And uh, what about was done by Renee, Janet, Terry, and Jimmy Jam. And like Chris has mentioned, the song is about abuse, emotional, physical, and verbal, and the need to create boundaries that should not be trespassed. The song reflects the explosive anger that can result in repressing the pain felt when abused and also being afraid to express yourself. Because when mm. she talked about this, she said, uh, the relationship I was in, I was afraid to leave because I thought I'd get my butt kicked, mm. which is what happens to a lot of victims, a lot of victims. Mm. And it is hard to get out of situations like this. It's not as like, why don't you just leave? There's a number of reasons why you don't just, why don't you leave your job? You don't like it. Um, uh, imagine that being with someone you thought you loved. It's harder. Um, this one is, Ooh, it's tough. And it is angry. Uh, a reporter had asked her if why she sounds so angry. She's like, because I am. <laughs> I was angry. Like, this is what it's about. Uh, and I think this is um, not atypical for her because, I mean, she she was disappointed. I think she was expressing disappointment, like on Rhythm Nation, when she was talking about all the injustices. She wasn't as angry. She was disappointed and she hoped for the best. This one, she's angry. She's disappointed. She's hurt and therefore is, you know, expressing that i think the mm. dichotomy between the, the softer sounds and then the rockier sounds are really really just interesting to say the least because unexpected so when you look at someone who is sexually liberated in a sense who's claiming that who's owning that who also looks like she can you know she's she's fit she looks tough to hear this kind of thing is 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 sad um, I mean, mm. anyone can get abused, but it's just even more sad because she was hiding it. And I remember um, watching a performance after like 2017 when she divorced her husband. She cried after mm. singing it. Um, and she suffers in silence. She only review reveals her feelings through her music. Mm -hmm. um, again, it's powerful to hear a woman who has begged for the touch of her lover also being able to cry over the mistreatment of one. So I appreciate mm -hmm. that for sure. Yeah, I think the storytelling in this song is done so well. It's almost like a musical song. Uh, yeah, uh, the way it's done wow. because you are kind of yeah you mentioned the, the dichotomy between the verses and the chorus like the verses mm -hmm. it's like it's her just still kind of questioning everything and still just kind of understanding everything and then the chorus is the is the is the explosion it's the realization mm -hmm. it's the final like blow up right um mm -hmm. and so i love that i do have to say i do i think because i'm used to the live version just from watching her mm -hmm. perform it that i i wish yeah. the choruses on the recording were even rockier like, I think, yeah. I think you can, you do get the intensity, but I almost think the dichotomy could even be more in the recording mm -hmm. than it, than it yep. is. Um, even harsher yeah. drums. Like I do like, there is an electric guitar solo that comes in for the last choruses, but I feel like it could have mm -hmm. been even more than that. Um, so I think mm -hmm. I've just gotten used to the live version. So now the recording doesn't, doesn't hit <laughs> yeah. as hard as I want it to. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think it's a, it's a big standout on the album. Um, mm -hmm. I was surprised actually to learn it wasn't a single. I thought it was at least a radio mm. single or something. So it's interesting because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think people know it almost as well or even better yeah. than some of the songs that they did end up releasing. Um, yeah. And yeah, I mentioned it being kind of like a musical and she kind of did that with the Velvet Rope Tour performance as well with the dancers yes. kind of showing these different situations and the different depictions of abuse. Um, and now I, that's kind of what I picture when I listen to it as well. So, yeah. I mean, just one note though, uh, even with the song being as... Uh, important and and the meaning behind it. There are certain things I dislike melodically speaking, like you know the what about the the part about the about the oral sex part. It just came into this weird melodic kind of thing, 
it was abrupt and I can appreciate where it was like, what about this? What about that? Oh, and that one time, that's what it felt like, mm. which is, I understand like melodically what it sounds like. But for me, as I'm singing it, it comes across as abrupt and it's a little like, eh. and it's just, oh, interesting. You know, just for me, for me, like that one part, I always like, oh man, I don't, I don't care for that as much. Um, which is, it's just an honest, just if I heard the melodic, if I didn't know the lyrics, just melodically speaking, if I heard, I would be like, eh, I don't know what that's about. Um, but yeah, that was my only like kind of like critique, really. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I, I kind of like the way it was done, though, because it almost feels more conversational that way. That's what so, I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, it does that. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. For sure. Um, so I will give this one a day point five. How about you? Oh, nice. I was going to set it at an eight. All right, moving on to the next song, which is Every Time, which was done by Janet, Jimmy, and Terry. And this was the sixth single from the album. And it is about hope and fear and being cautiously optimistic in a romantic relationship. And though it is a ballad on the album, it was actually released as a disco remix in certain territories. (laughs) And the music video features Janet in a pool filmed at the Therm Val Spa in the Swiss Alps. Videos like this, I just I just think of like, you know, Carl Thomas's emotional where they like actually built the set and it was like a pool set. Like you could have built this, but when you got money, or I guess when she was on tour, I guess this is what happened. Um, this song sounds like her inner thoughts, um, the way it's mixed and such. It's a really pretty song and I do like the sentiment. I don't have much to say about it except like uh the video is very simple. Her swimming around in the water is is beautiful. I think she looks like a little like mermaid. Um mm-hmm. Shout out Hallie. Um, but yeah, I think she looks like a mermaid. Uh, I just think about blue. Blue eyes, blue pool, blue water. Yeah. You know, the eyes are really bright. cool. That was a great idea. Yeah. Um, and also, yeah. I would love to go to this spa. It looks amazing. Um, but anyway. <laughs> um, I appreciate the sequencing of this. I almost think this mm-hmm. song, because it's put right after What About, which obviously, or yeah, which is obviously mm-hmm. such an intense song. This one just being this quiet moment. Um, where now it's almost like she's gotten rid of this, you know, this person who was treating her so badly. And now she's like, mm-hmm. oh, like, I want to love again. Am mm-hmm. I ready to love again? Like, I, I don't, do I trust you? You know, I think that's just a yeah. really beautiful way to do it. So I almost appreciate the song more when it, yes. because it's sequenced in this way, which is the point mm-hmm. of sequencing, which I love. Um, Come on. Yes. Yeah, I will say she is also often known for her like sexier, dancier moments by the public. But yes. I actually do love all her ballads like this one. Yeah. Again, like let's wait a while. I love mm-hmm. that. I love that part of her discography. So I appreciate that there is yes. one on this album. Um, I will say this type of production though definitely sounds very dated Ooh. nowadays. Like yeah. the very ethereal <laughs> echoiness of it. Um, but I I like it. But I think that's because I, I know it. I think you know it just doesn't fit in with radio now. But it does feel very warm. Like it feels like a warm yeah. blanket is kind of. Like it, you. yeah. Um, and I like the way the percussion kicks in. It's very organic. I think the way the whole thing builds. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, also, have, did you listen to the disco remix? Because I also had no idea that was a thing. Um, but no, clearly, the yeah. label was like, okay, together again was a huge hit. Let's do that again because it had some of the same elements to it. I'm pretty sure. Like they didn't even try to like make a lot of different things with it. It literally sounds like together again. <laughs> Come on, Virgin, um, let's get it together. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think you're right. I think um everything you've said, I just want to kind of second it. And I think right after what about it is good. It's relatable as hell. You've been through a lot and you're trying mm-hmm. to put yourself back out there. You know, once you let p- people in and they let you down or hurt you or break your heart, it really does make you twice shy or even scared. 
um, relatable. <clears throat> Hand raised if you can't see me on the screen. I will give this song a 7.5. How about you? I will give this song a 7. On to the next song. It is Tonight's The Night, written by Rod Stewart, produced by Janet, Jimmy, and Terry. And it's a cover of Rod Stewart's song, Tonight's the night. Mm. And notably, Janet did not change the female pronouns to use in the track, causing the public to question her sexuality, even though she was married to a whole man. Um, but she used the opportunity to note that it's a reality for many women and that she liked the song the way it was written. She said, 10 toes down and the mm -hmm. heels. Let's go. <laughs> mm -hmm. So this song is, um, it maybe it shocked me at first. I'm not going to lie to you when I first heard it. Mm -hmm. Again, when you're young, you're listening to this because stuff, you're of just the like, pronouns. Yeah, because I was young, yeah. I didn't pay attention. I was like, doo doo doo, doo doo doo. You're a kid. You're not thinking about oh, what yeah. she said. You know, you get older, and you're like, I was in the closet. Wow. Hang on, I shouldn't have paused there. <laughs> Hang on, I was in the closet at my job. <laughs> I was in the closet at my job, literally putting snacks away. Um, and uh, I heard that the song was playing, and I was like, mm -hmm. and I said, huh? Wait, what? So I was really shocked. And then on top of that, she's taking the girl's V card. I was like, mm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, and at first I thought maybe she was taking the perspective of the man and she, and she was singing to herself because a lot of the songs on this album are very much like me, 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 introspective, blah, 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 blah. But this song was like, hey, sis, let me spread your wings and let you fly. Um, I mean, the original has like the soft, like the twangy, soft rock, you know, you know. <laughs> Rod Stewart's known for that, right? And I appreciate yeah. that version. But personally, I like to slip my V card to Janet's version and to Janet. I mean, even if she has, even if he has a sax solo, there's something about a nice, beautiful woman whispering and singing to you. That's a little bit more comfortable. You know, take off your French dress compared to take off your French dress. It's different. It feels yes. better. Um, lyrically, I think it's beautiful, um, especially for the first time, like a first time lover. Um, but yeah, I, <laughs> I do enjoy the song. I think she really enjoys the song, too. Um, and this at the time was something impressive. So and from what I've read, this was actually one of the first songs she recorded for this album, which is interesting. So you can see where her headspace was before she kind of decided to take a step back. You can kind of mm -hmm. see where her head was for sure. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be honest. I don't really remember Rod Stewart's version. I did listen to it, obviously, in preparation for this, but I realized yeah. that that was as big a hit as it was because I don't think that's one that usually is named among his like hits right I don't know right anyway I appreciate the way she made it her own it sounds much sweeter as you said yeah. um which I think fits actually fits the lyrics a little more because he's like a little intense about it um, <laughs> um but yeah I think similar to every time it has that kind of date and dreaminess etherealness to it um, but there is the added sensuality this time I think the other one sounded a lot more innocent every time sounded a lot more innocent this one obviously has, it's more sensual. Um, and yeah. the percussion hits a little bit harder. Um, and I like how the vocal processing feels very minimal on this one. I mean, I think it is yes. in general with a lot of Janet's kind of first few albums, but it just yeah. feels especially tender in this one. Yeah. Like the way yeah. kind of her, her vibrato kicks in, the different breaths mm -hmm. that are not cut out, you know, they kept all the breaths in there. There's a shakiness yeah. to it sometimes. Um, yeah. So I really appreciate that because it does make it feel more intimate that way. Um, yeah. So, yeah, um, I appreciate for what it was, but I'm going to be honest, I don't fully get the point of it on the album as a whole. Like, I don't really see what it adds to it, just conceptually. Uh -huh. um, uh -huh. But I appreciate uh -huh. it for it being like a unique cover. 
So right, right. Yeah. So ooh, 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 ooh. I know I'm gonna give it. I got my hand up right here. Uh, I'm gonna give it a. I'm really just sitting at this very like meh score seven right now. Sitting at a seven for me. I am also at a seven. And the next track is "I Get Lonely" by Renee, Terry Lewis, Jimmy Jam, and Janet Jackson. "I Get Lonely" is the third single from the album, and the song is about being in a bittersweet place of loss having a lover and wanting that lover back and then dreaming of getting them back the song was remixed by teddy riley and timbaland with a new feature from black street for the radio release which blows my mind did not need it um and it received a grammy nomination for best female r&b vocal performance and of course the music video features janet in a car in a hallway with sexy dance scenes and was Mm. directed by paul hunter I'm going to let you kick us off. Well, first off, what won the Grammy that year? Because this should have won a Grammy for sure. But this is one of my absolute favorite Janet songs. This is one of the ones that I periodically will go back and watch. Like, I think she did the Soul Train Music Awards, right? With this one. Um, I've seen that performance so many times. Uh, And then she she did like one, uh, I think, acoustic performance on one of the daytime shows too, which is beautiful. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I'm obsessed with this song. Um, yeah. I appreciate kind of just a more classic soul R&B track and it's done so well. The bass line for sure is my favorite element in the production for this. Mm-hmm. I like the way it's combined with the bass drum. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just super, super satisfying. And mm-hmm. then just the rest of the production as well. Just so dynamic. The horn moments, the electric guitar riffs, and like there's a lot going on and I always notice different mm. things or yeah, different yeah. things kind of jump out to me every time I hear it. So that's why I keep yes. listening to it all the time. <laughs> and um, again, similar to another song earlier, the track list, the lyrics again are very desperate, but mm-hmm. because of the way she's singing it and the way it's written, there's that added sensuality to it. Um, mm-hmm. that A, makes it less desperate sounding, even though the lyrics mm-hmm. are. And it just mm-hmm. takes it to like an interesting level where there's all these layers to it. Um, so yeah, I rave about this song <laughs> yeah, all the same, time. Same, <laughs> same. Um, yeah, I just go tagging on what you said about the production. Big Jim, he did his thing on them keys, okay? That man gave it a churchy bounce that we all associate. That Rhodes and that Wurlitzer keyboard, like... Every time you hear it, as soon as you hear it, you're just like, ooh, yes. Those are church chords. And I mean, he played the crap out of it. I think Jimmy had mentioned, like, he's like, I don't I don't know how to do that. And then Big Jim came in and he did his thing. And oh God, the first thing I couldn't catch, but the drums that we hear, that double pattern, it was programmed by a gentleman with the last name Richburn. I couldn't find it. And it gave it that double time feel. Um, like you said, the bass, the keys, the horns. This has got to be the coolest song about longing I've ever heard in my life. We're estranged and I still love you. Typical, but done like this? Nah. Nah. Not in a minute. Not in a minute. Not mm-hmm. in a really long time where I thought, whoa, this song's about losing someone. Like, again, when I was a kid, I did not understand the meaning. But, like, oh, man, this song is vulnerable and his chorus is super full. That I can't. So no, it's like the chorus is is built really nicely. Whoever came up with the the arrangement for the chorus, kudos to them. Um, the package is delivered. The pa- is, the package is really sexy for this whole thing. And and a lot of people don't give Janet credit, but her ad libs in this song. They said that she was kind of just going off what she heard in the bass, especially in the um in the in the bridge. You know that I know She did all that. She did all that. No one was like, hey Janet, can you do that? She felt that, and it. Wow, wow, wow. And they're ripping open the bra like, ah, ah. 
man or woman, in-betweener, whatever you want to call yourself, alphabet kid, you react to the shirt getting ripped open because, oh my God, we've all felt that when you're like, what can I do to get you back? Oh my God. Like just, oh, you feel like you want to explode. Not like give you my breast or anything like that, but it just feels like <laughs> the energy is just yeah. pent up and it's just like, oh my God, I want you so badly for, for a multitude of reasons. But the other reason is, 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 is probably top of the list. Like top three at most, but you know, <laughs> um, but yeah, the video, I, I, oh my gosh, it's iconic. And I think what makes it yes. really special is that it's, it's futuristic still, um, even though it has like this very 90s R&B sound, it's still futuristic. The silhouette is is iconic. I've seen Tiana Taylor do similar things. I mean, she's wearing something that looks like something she wore in All Right, but it's upgraded, still kind of masculine. She's wearing her floppy hat. The dancers are dressed the way she used to dress in like the Rhythm Nation kind of era. Miss You Much with the corset. It's just all throwbacks to her. And then that dance scene when they're in the air care, the aircraft mm-hmm. hangar. What the depth of all of that? I'm like, I don't understand any of it. And then she's touching the mannequin because she's like, that's the only, that's the person that she can touch it kind of goes back to what empty was talking about you can't really touch that person you can't really feel that person and yet here she is with this mannequin i'm like and the red hair and the boobies i was just like oh my this is something i remember seeing when i was a little kid and thinking yeah holy crap she's so beautiful yeah i remember this music video on rotation as well um, yeah yeah i just i think the whole (laughs) thing is done so well like it's so cool um Uh yeah again there's still that vulnerability there even though she is wearing this kind of like power situation yes. with the corset yes. and the dress shirt yeah. and the, like it, but there's still like a vulnerability to it all it's just really layered and, and really awesome um, tina did so. her thing i give this one a 10 <laughs> <laughs> uh, um if i could give it an 11 i would but i can only give yeah. it a 10 so a 10 it is yes Indeed. all right yeah. so the next song is rope yeah. burn which was done by terry jimmy renee and janet and this song was inspired by bdsm And Janet has noted that pushing the limits of pleasure can be exciting as long as there is trust between the partners. So what do you think is that as you pretend to be handcuffed by a purple ribbon? Yeah, it's my my shimmer streamer from a a concert. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so... I like the jazzy bounce of this one. Um, and the quirky sounds like the bottle sounds, the bass. Bloop, the bloop, 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 bloop. <laughs> I, can't, I don't know what the hell that's called. Like a technical term for it. It's very trippy and sensual. Um, it's like you're being blindfolded and tied up and being led into her velvet room. You know what I'm saying? Like you just, you're kind of like, oh, I don't know where I'm going. But there's a dizziness that comes with being blindfolded or darkness, right? Um, and this song is, this song feels more exploratory than it was like a complete peer into Janet's bedroom life um, and became a voice for those who do enjoy play. Um like in the BDS world, BDSM world, trust is really important. I mean, trust is like the prime thing. Like, hey, listen, if I do this with you, is this okay? Like, it's a lot of mutual communication. It's not just like, I'm going to beat you with a chair and you're going to love it. It's not, it's never been that. With it's the never chair. been that. <laughs> yeah, WWE out here. Um, and I think a lot of people have that notion about it. <laughs> I think people have a lot of notion that notion about it, and it's it's it, it, even with Fifty Shades, it's still that's still not completely correct, right? Um, but yeah, I think her breathiness is great throughout this song, and watching her do this live with people with the lab dance is iconic, of course. Like you know, she did it before, yeah. but her doing it in this show is even more fun. She has mentioned that someone licked her while she 
had him on stage. Like, yeah, there's pre- footage of that. There's footage ah! of it. It's really gross. Whoa. He like licks her stomach. Blah. That's what um, she said. And he and he goes, yeah. mm. like pre pre vidco or post vidco. I never liked that. I don't know you. Like I don't know where your tongue's been. I don't know where any of you've been. Can I just say though? Because I'll be. Yeah. I've seen the Velvet Rope tour quite a few times. Yeah. That man in that recording at MSG though is so annoying. He will not shut up. Shut up. No. He's he's the worst. <laughs> like it ruins the yeah. performance almost. I'm so annoyed yeah. that that was they should have made sure to get someone like her friend or someone that would be more I normal cuz ugh. Anyway, I do love that she's twisted the idea of a rope for this song yeah. instead of it mm-hmm. being this like, you know, thing in your mind where it like keeps you from she's talking about a literal rope which i love um this is kind of fun right it's fun um the production in this one is great i think again very sensual um also Mm -hmm. theatrical like it doesn't really take itself too seriously um because i think if it did then it would be kind of i don't know it wouldn't work uh so i think keeping it kind of playful and theatrical is is what makes the song really work in this case um Mm -hmm. and you mentioned her breathiness yes her ability to sing at basically a whisper or just above a whisper is yeah. awesome. That's so hard to do. I don't think, you know, it a is. lot of people who, you know, people always value this belters, but sometimes mm-hmm. it's these like quiet moments that are actually. It takes effort. Yeah. Harder and also sometimes just more effective, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I enjoy this one. Um, and it's interesting how at the time it was extremely controversial, right? Because it was more explicit. Right. But like nowadays, yeah. this is basically PG. Oh my Maybe God. even G. No, G. But like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's like. <laughs> no, you're right. Compared nothing. to like Brook Candy or like a cupcake, like, this is nothing. It's nothing. Nothing. Yeah. All right. So, in terms of a rating, ooh, mm-hmm. I'll give this one an eight. I think it's very effective for what she's going for. What do you think? Mm-hmm. I will match that eight. I like a little bit of. I wrote that. Speaking of doing anything to one's body, the next track is Anything, done by Renee, Terry, Jimmy, and Janet. And continuing the theme of sexual satisfaction, the track is about being open to doing anything that will please the person you are with. I feel like it's a mutual thing, too, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) But yeah, what are your thoughts about this trickety track track? (laughs) Yeah, I think, I mean, it continues from Rope Burn very nicely. Um, yeah. Still sexy and sensual, but then now there's added emotion to it. Um, mm-hmm. which, and so there's a warmness to it uh, that's not yeah. in rope burn. So I think that's interesting. Um, to be honest, though, this is one I tend to forget on the album because um, <laughs> it doesn't just it just doesn't really do anything for me, pun intended. Um, like the melody, it's just a bit boring. It doesn't really go anywhere. Like we already yeah. have ballads on this album, and you know, like I just don't really. I just don't really get it. Um, but the production's nice. It's super lush. Um, yeah, I, I like the storm sounds. I think that's kind of what maybe stands out the most for me on to it because it adds to the like coziness of it. Yeah, I mean, it's less direct than Rope Burn. It doesn't contain much cryptic meaning. Um, it's simple lyrically. And I believe, although it is rather forgettable, it's good for a playlist for lovemaking or baby making. You know, it just slots right in nicely. It's an easy listen, quiet storm pun intended uh, but yeah quiet storm is a genre that this, this would fit in perfectly even with the storm sounds or without them uh, but yeah this is more about the atmosphere it creates than shifting any social or sexual paradigms here um but yeah i mean the storms are quite nice because who wouldn't like warm nookie on a cool day you know <laughs> yeah um but yeah i mean as a song as a whole i'm gonna give it a little bit of a 6.5 because i just don't i didn't really remember it all that well 
but yeah, I still can't sing it back to you. What we listened to right before we started this, so I will give it a six. All right, so now we have another interlude called "Sad," where she says you need to water your mental garden. I think it, it, it's a nice, uh, nice last statement. It doesn't feel wounded. Doesn't feel as sad <laughs> as anything else. So yeah, it goes right into special quite nicely. And of course, special is done by Jimmy, Terry, and Janet. And it's about the universal need to feel special. She speaks to her inner child, letting her know that the pain is not permanent and that it can be transformed. Uh, and that we have to deal with the past in order to completely and freely live in the present, which again is, is uh, you know, identified by her, by the official logo and tattoo. Yeah, I, I think the production on this is interesting. The guitar and piano kind of combined together to form their own unique instrument. Uh, so I think just right. the way that was mixed was cool. Um, and the yes. drum choice is interesting. It's like between a clap, a thump, and a snare. Again, kind of mm -hmm. all combined into one sound. So I think that yeah. is cool. Um, and yeah, I appreciate the idea of the song and the message. It rounds out the album nicely. Um, you know, so you have to process the pain in your past. Um, mm -hmm. And it ends with her saying, work in progress, you know, so... I appreciate mm -hmm. that. Like, it's not like, <laughs> yes, she's grown a lot, but there's still a long way to go. Um, mm -hmm. And so I think the sentiment is really nice. It does get a little cheesy with the children's choir coming in. Oh, um, yeah. But I think I, I, it works, you know, but it's a, I don't think that was completely necessary because it did add that cheesiness to it. Um, but yeah, I think the little monologues throughout are, are cool. Um, but the actual melody of the song doesn't really stand out for me. But it was a nice mm -hmm. moment on the tour. <laughs> yeah um i think lyrically her line about not seeing herself for 26 years is a great line and i think people forget that like sometimes forget rather that janet is was a child star and faced body shaming racism oh, yeah. and other abusive and went through unhealthy soothing practices aside from like nurturing that inner child um like even if you didn't know that she was a child star people latched onto her persona and eras like the rhythm from control to rhythm nation so when she did janet period when she did this album people were like where did that girl from let's wait a while ago um dude by the time tvr came out she was 31 like uh she's a grown woman who has lived life and wanted to express herself and like production wise the song may not be the team's strongest work um if i have to say that um it's poignant and it is meaningful it's not exactly my favorite and i can't say that certain like auxiliary sounds like the claps yeah i don't know certain things were just a little like it just sound phoned in a little bit mm. um again lyrically speaking as a standalone i respect the men the, the the sentiment but production it's a par for me i mean i've heard her do better uplifting tracks and at this point I know you want to separate yourself from your brother, but considering how you both tend to follow a very similar structure of like happy gold, not happy gold, I mean like uplifting ballads, like this sounds like something Michael could do. So it's one of those things where I feel like it would have been okay to kind of like, hey, bro, uh, could you um, help out with this a little bit? Yeah, because it um, kind of felt like the song was more about the message and everything than it was yeah. about it being an actual good song. Not yeah. that I'm not saying it's a bad song, but it's just like, I don't know. She's done it's better. Just, yeah, she's done better for sure. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, I will give this one a seven. How about you? Same, I'll give it a seven. So while this was kind of the last track, officially the last track on the album, she did mm -hmm. include a hidden track right after it. Um, of yeah. course, in the days of streaming, they just kept it separate now. But it used to all be on the one track. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. And this song yes. is Can't Be Stopped, which is done by Janet, Terry, and Jimmy. And it is directed at the younger people who are discriminated against and discouraged. Mm -hmm. 
And Janet mm-hmm. said, I want them to know that their inner strength is stronger than the forces against them. So mm-hmm. I think the production is awesome on this. It's super dynamic. Yes. A lot of different sounds and instruments coming together and coming from different directions. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't really build to anything. Because I, 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 I remember mm-hmm. listening to it and I thought the build in that first minute was so cool. Um, but then it yeah. kind of just stays there after that. Um, but I like, I, yeah, but I just still like the production. And I actually like the production more than the melody on this one. Um, the uh... melody itself is not the most memorable, but I like the harmony mm-hmm. layers. And I like it combined with that kind of breathy spoken moment yes. that she has. And the lyrics are great. I, I think this is a yeah. great way to leave off the album. Because, uh, you know, that while the last song was empowering in a way, because it's kind of like her kind of reaching an understanding almost, mm-hmm. this one is yeah. properly empowering. Um, yeah. And I think she's always done well with the empowering stuff. Uh, so it's nice to kind of have something more, more like that on this album. Yeah. Y'all, Chris hasn't said everything I have said. Um, I like the lyrics, the descendants of kings and queens. I mean, I love that. Uh, I mean, a full song like this, a song after special is cool. I mean, like it makes the song more full. It feels more actualized. It feels more uh, like a... Like you have like the body and the, the, the intro, the body. This feels like the outro paragraph. Like, okay, there we go. We can actually end strongly. Like, you know, like, bam, this is the end. Like in conclusion, <laughs> this essay was about, that's what it feels like. And for you to start so strongly um, with Velvet Rope, um, yeah, with that being the intro, and it was mm-hmm. kind of like dynamic, to end on a stronger note like this, I think is better. And granted, it did make the song seven minutes, but it was worth it. It is still worth it. Um, and and I think it was a, a better ending to say the least yeah for the album for sure yeah um that being said i will rate it separately from special and i yes. think it's 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 worthy of like a 7.5 i want to think i was thinking about eight but i can't really readily identify the melody right now so i don't yeah. want to sit there and pray. yeah i will match you with a 7.5 now we are at the section that I'm probably going to get us both um thrown off cliff somewhere we're at cut or keep (laughs) (laughs) and if you are new here i know it sounds self-explanatory but cut or keep is if we have to keep one specific song to be like hey listen this is janet you don't know janet this is janet and then cut this shouldn't have not been on the album to need to be here um they can do better okay um one song only feel free to join us and feel free to leave your comments regarding your ranking of this album as well Mm -hmm. all right so Chris, I'm going to let you say, kick it off. Uh-huh. What song would you cut from The Velvet Rope? I will cut anything. Uh, oh. <laughs> I, it just doesn't really do anything for me. I feel like yeah. the ballads, the other ballads on the on the album do much better. Uh, yeah. I just don't really get it. I don't think we needed that moment after Rope Burn. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Earlier I had said that we were going to have the same cut, but guess not. I would cut empty. Melodically, it doesn't really do anything. Renee, I blame you. Um, <laughs> I'm joking. It's so rude. This man's probably a really nice man. I apologize. Um, but yeah, uh, no, not not it for me. It's just melodically does not do anything. I love the concept, but it just needs to be fleshed out a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, in terms of keeping songs, ooh, <laughs> this one's tough because usually we try not to. We try to avoid the singles, right? We usually try to avoid. We like, don't have to. I don't mind being obvious. I would keep. I get lonely. It's good. It's yeah. a damn good song, and it's it's something I haven't heard in a really long time. Like I've heard "Longing," and it's always really sad and pathetic. This, not as pathetic. Still very longing. 
you know? Yeah, so I yeah. Was, I, was I have to book. choose I Get Lonely, too, because honestly, yeah. it's not actually, I feel like it's underrated. I feel like people oh. don't tend to remember it. Um, no. But it's up there with the Together I Get. It's up there with yeah. That's the Way Love Goes, all of those. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it deserved its flowers. So, Janet, it needs to be on every set list. I was so mad when I saw her. She only did the chorus. I was like, I don't no. Know that's not what's happening with that. No, you need to do the whole song with this. Sorry. Do the whole song. I don't care if you're tired of it. I don't care if you're tired of it. Do it. Oh, man. All right. So, what are your overall thoughts on the album and what would you give it as a final rating? Oh, you know what's so tough? Because, like, averagely speaking, like, my scores are not generous, right? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, this album is is a good album. I, I hope to write something like this on my next project. Like, it could be a little bit more personal. And I am going to be a little bit more personal on my next project. You know, a shameless plug, but also just kind of being like, that's where I would want to go as an artist, like trajectory-wise. Being a little bit more personal, getting past the typical sounds that I usually do, being a little bit more experimental. And that's what she did with this album. And I mean... This album, regardless of whether or not people appreciate it and all the things that happened afterwards, um, a lot of people draw inspiration from this era. Like I mentioned, Aliyah with the Red album, Rihanna with S&M. I mean, Esther Dean wrote the song, but still, that's how deep it goes. Rihanna said yes because Esther Dean wrote it because Esther Dean may have heard this. Like, So for me, I feel like... Uh, in the terms of what it was as a project, even with some of the low scores. So I'm sitting at an 8.5 right now, which is not bad. Well, first, I appreciate that even though she signed, what, the biggest record deal of ever at that point, she wasn't yeah. uh, pushed to make sure it was super commercial. I actually mm-hmm. appreciate that, um, that yeah. she was kind of given the space that she needed to make a concept album that she clearly needed to do just for her own kind of mental health. Um, And so, yeah, I agree with you. I think even though my scores aren't like all extremely high as a full project, as a concept album, I thought she did an amazing job. Um, Mm -hmm. It's it's uh, yeah. Like you said, she doesn't really give a lot of interviews. She's like not very open when she kind of discusses things. So you get that introspection. You you learn about her through her music and that's done Mm -hmm. so well. Um, and there are so many standouts on the album and, and even the ones mm-hmm. other than anything personally for me, I think everything does play a role in there yeah. and it does show a different <laughs> aspect to her, uh, her mindset at the time and kind yeah. of what she was going through. Um, yeah. and yeah, a lot of the songs still hold up today, sonically, mm-hmm. lyrically. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, I think it makes sense that it's such an iconic album. Um, yeah. I don't think it's it's not her most commercially successful, but I think among her fans, it's often listed as the favorite, right? So I totally yeah. understand that. So yeah, I, I agree with you. I'd probably stick with the 8.5 as the overall. Yeah. yeah. This is your opus. It is a beautiful work. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Well, let us know what you all think about The Velvet Rope. Let us know what you would keep, what you would cut, what you would rate the songs. You can message us at CCTV Pops on all social media, and you can also join us on Patreon where you can help us decide our next episode topics and get access to some exclusive content. So if you want us to do more Janet stuff, join and let us know. Um, So yes, if you're watching on YouTube, please give us a like, subscribe to our channel, and hit that notification bell. And for our listeners, please give us a rating and review on your podcast platform of choice. Until next time, that's Jan. That's Chris. And we are CCTV. 